is like, I will, I will scream this from the rooftops as much as I can, that immigrants can invest people. There's such a, a misconception that you can't if you don't have status and it's just not true. Um, there's always a way and, and the I-10 is the way, right? And by- My name is Lucy Key. I am on a mission to teach Latinas how to build generational wealth by healing their relationship with money invest in the stock market, and launch an online coaching business. I am a mom, a wife, coach, speaker, and author who went from believing I had to work mentally and physically hard for my money to now having multiple investment accounts. On this show, I share the strategies to manage your dinero, all things finance, and well-building for Latinas. Welcome to Say Hola Well Podcast. Lista, let's go. You are listening to episode 18 with Adina Apoba. She is an immigration attorney, accredited financial counselor, and a financial and business coach. She is also the co-creator and co-founder of Immigrant Finance, an education and coaching company that employs powers immigrant families with personal finance education and online business development. Hello, Adina. Welcome to Say Hola Well podcast. How are you today? Hi, Lucy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and spend some time with you. It's always enjoyable. Thank you. I want to say that you were one of the first people that holds space for me on a podcast and oh, nice. I, I want to thank you for that because it has been such an amazing um, journey to work with you as a colleague, but also just watch how you're growing your business as a mom. And so I'm going to ask you so many questions. So are you ready? <laughs> I, I can't wait. And um, I'll just say like, I've always, I tell you this every time we talk, but I really appreciate you so much. And like, you were, you just really stand out from other colleagues. Like you reached out to me when you were first starting and introduced yourself and um, you gave such valuable like advice to both me and our community on the podcast. I think we had you a couple, you've been on a couple times now. Yes. You're one of the yes, only I have. people who's had like multiple episodes. <laughs> You're just so good. So Gosh. congrats on starting yours. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I would like to start by asking you a little bit about your money story. So tell us, how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money like? Yeah, so I come from a Jewish Eastern European family. um, And so I'm not an immigrant myself. My great grandparents were refugees who came to the country um, on boats, you know, fleeing, fleeing, uh, leaving everything behind, fleeing for their lives. So I grew up kind of having, uh, hearing about those stories a lot and having how that affected money, it passed down very much. So I have this unique perspective where like, I know what happens when you don't work on the money mindset stuff generations down. Cause I have had serious scarcity mindset. I, you know, I continue to have to work on my scarcity mindset a lot, um, from those experiences in my family generationally. And then um, in my more recent adult life, I, you know, I'm married to an immigrant and um, I've been with my husband for um, 10 years now. So I have seen like the more recent version of it too. But yeah, grew up with 
seeing all that. And um, yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about the things that you had to go through um, being the wife of someone who's an immigrant. So I want to start by just asking you, does he have some of the same money beliefs as you or what is his perspective and how do you navigate mm -hmm. that conversation? He does, but in different ways. Very, it shows up in really different ways. We both have scarcity in different ways. Like, and he's, you know, really good at making sure we enjoy life now and that we like go on vacation and we like eat out sometimes. Right. And I'm always worrying about the future. I'm always worrying mm -hmm. about, are we going to be okay in retirement? You know, are we going to be able to feed our child and pay the mortgage all that? Um, and then, you know, he more is kind of has those narratives that I think a lot of people have going through the immigration system and coming here of like, you know, I'm not, maybe I'm not worthy of making a lot, you know, or mm -hmm. like I'm it's, you know, he's had to deal with a lot um, when he was working of like getting, you know, applying to jobs, you know, having an accent, not having a degree from here and like really serious insecurities around that. Um, but he's actually a lot more abundant than me in many ways in terms of the present. <laughs> I joke with people, like every time we travel or go on vacation, people just give him free drinks. Every time. <laughs> it never happens to me. <laughs> We have to hang out with him. Yeah. yeah and you. And, and you. So <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that. I, I wanted to ask you this question because I know that there is a lot of the busy mujeres that listen to the podcast that have a partner. And I wanted you to share the perspective of how it's different, but oh, also yeah. how you can make it work, right? At the yeah. end. So my next question to you is, what has been one of your uh, biggest money lessons in the last three years? Um, there's been so many. I was trying to think of the, the main one. I, I'll tell you the most recent one that I think has been a layer throughout, which is believing it gets to be really good. That's been the hardest lesson. And it goes back to that scarcity mindset. Um, I think you know, we all grow up in society and through different struggles, whether you're going through the immigration system or, or you have or anything, um, where like, you're always waiting for the shoe to drop, mm. right. You're always waiting for the next bad thing to happen, which is really serious with my family, you know, always, you know, ready for, you know, my mom, every, just little things, every time we'd go somewhere, she'd have like tons of water bottles and snacks, just always prepared for the, you know, emergency. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right. Um, and I've had to learn recently that there is another way and it's possible that things just get to be really good. And it's actually in our power to decide that and make it happen. Um, and it's it's we have a lot more power than we know. Right. But you have to first believe it's possible, which is really hard work. Absolutely. And I want to say, especially as you know, an immigrant or the immigrant community, because I want to say we go through so much, right? Yeah. That it's hard to believe the wealth is for us. So that's yeah. why I thought you will be the best person to talk about 
why immigrants need to invest. Mm -hmm. And I want to start by coming back to what you said about the limiting beliefs, but also I want to call it the imposter syndrome of I have an accent. I'm not good enough, right? Or who's going to take me serious if I have an accent? Or how am I going to get more money if I sound like X, Y, or Z, right? So why would you tell to those immigrants that are listening right now that are struggling with the mindset, the belief that wealth is not for them? Mm. I think it just go back to what we were just talking about with like choosing to believe it gets to be good. Um, I was just speaking with a friend of mine who's a DACA recipient about how she has had to spend her whole life trying to prove herself because every two years she feels like she has to prove she's worthy to keep her work permit. Right. And so the things people have to go through and the unfair standards they're set just because of their background or their immigration status really mess with your ability to believe what's possible. And I guess what I would say um, is like, do, okay, this is what I told her, which is something that's been really helpful for me lately. I'm going to give you a really practical response. I learned this through a coach I worked with. Literally create a chart where you map out all of your limiting beliefs and negative beliefs of, of why you don't think you're worthy, you know, group them, categorize them, get really clear about exactly what those living beliefs are and then create another column where you write down what the opposite belief is right and allow yourself to feel both like I think the goal is not to get rid of the scarcity beliefs and the negative beliefs and the lack of worthiness beliefs because it's 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 not realistic like they're always going to be there the goal is to let yourself also feel the opposite the other truth too that like you are worthy and you do deserve that and you can hold both. And so allowing yourself to hold both allows some space for you to see that you could be someone who could build wealth, even if you have those narratives in your head telling you you're not. Absolutely. And that was such a powerful answer. And I agree with you. It, it, that's the only way you have to physically see what your money limiting beliefs are. Mm-hmm. And understand that they're going to stay they're not going to go away but you have to learn how to master them and also be okay with knowing that the more you grow those money limiting beliefs are going to show up because they show Uh, up for us right as moms as mompreneurs (laughs) um business owners we are going on our own journey of learning how to map out our negative thoughts or limiting beliefs or whatever those are but I want to ask you also, why are you so passionate about helping immigrants? I know that your husband is an immigrant, but why are you so passionate to help the immigrant community in particular? So it's definitely been something my whole life. It's been there um, since high school. And I think it goes back to, um, I, you know, growing up um, from a Jewish family, I always felt different in school. You know, I would compare myself to like my white blonde neighbor who celebrated Christmas and that kind of thing. I think anyone can relate to that who has something that makes them different. But I also grew up hearing about my own immigrant family and how, you know, my parents remember their grandparents not speaking English. And that was always a thread. Um, 
And then when I was in high school and college, you know, becoming a real person, like I just found people from immigrant families so much more interesting. Like there's like better food, like you know, I like <laughs> spicy food. Um, like my favorite friends in school were like had so much more interesting life experience. Like my best friend from high schools, from high school, um, one's Colombian, one's Lebanese. And like I just loved going to their homes and spending time with their families and you know, hearing about different cultures. So that led me to, um, I studied international area studies in college. I lived in Egypt for a year. I lived in Ecuador. That's where I met my husband. So it's just like so exciting to me to learn about different cultures. And then the social justice aspect is, it's just never made sense to me why this group is so targeted in this country when this country was founded by immigrants and built by immigrants and the economy only exists because of immigrants. Like it just doesn't make sense. So I've just continued to be really passionate, you know, first with becoming an immigration lawyer to help support and fight for people's rights, which I continue to do. Um, but also now through finances is a new tool I've found where I can help people even more actually, because it doesn't matter what the immigration laws say when it comes to finances, there's always a way. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. What are some of the legal requirements that immigrants need to be aware of in order to become invested? The main one is if you do not have access to a social security number to get what's called an, an ITIN number. It stands for Individual Tax Identification Number. Um, that is a number you have to get from the federal government. It's an alternative for people who don't have social security number. You get it through the IRS. And when you have the ITIN, you can invest. You can have a bank account. You can have a credit card. You can have a business. You can do anything with the ITIN. Um, I want to point out one very important thing to address the fear that comes up when we talk about applying for the ITIN with the government. Because yes, maybe thinking like, why would I go give my information to the government? Like I'm trying to like not be on their radar. Um, so there's a federal law that prohibits the IRS from sharing people's information with anyone, including other government agencies, including ICE, the Immigration Customs Enforcement. The only exception to that is if someone were to have like a tax-related criminal offense or like a fraud offense going on, that's the only exception. Otherwise, they can't even share it with their colleagues within the IRS. There are serious privacy protections. So that's why it does make it safe for immigrants to get that IT number and invest. Thank you so much for addressing that. Um, I, as you're saying this, I was thinking there is so many immigrants out there that are unaware of this protection that are literally like physically sick to their stomach because they don't wanna, they, maybe they want to build wealth, but maybe they don't have the courage or they are, uninformed really about the protections that exist in this country for anyone. And so I, I want to thank you for, for bringing that up because yeah, uh, most of us have, um, have a friend, a family member, a neighbor, mm -hmm. even a coworker, right. That maybe is under the situation and 
I want you to talk about why they have to start investing, even though they might not have the legal status to in to be legally here. I guess I don't even know what the right terminology for that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thank you again for giving the space to talk about this because, like, I will I will scream this from the rooftops as much as I can that immigrants can invest. People, there's such a a misconception that you can't if you don't have status and it's just not true. Um, there's always a way and, and the I-10 is the way, right? And by the way, the law I mentioned in case anyone wants to look it up is 26 USC code 6103. Sorry, pulling the lawyer moves. I'm like, can you law. say that again? <laughs> yeah, 26 US code 6103. Um, so the reason it's important is that it's very difficult to build wealth in this country or even be stable in retirement when you're older without investing in the stock market. Um, it, it is the, the easiest and most accessible way for people to grow their money. This is why there are lots of middle-class Americans from blue-collar jobs who are able to have a million dollars plus in retirement because they've been slowly contributing year after year to their retirement funds and that money grows. The other reason is that you all work really hard. Y'all work way harder than a lot of other Americans, right? Um, and why should you not have that money working for you and growing if you work so hard? So it's really important to put your money to work too, instead of just you being the one working and investing is how you do that. Because when your money is in cash or in a bank account, it is losing value every day due to inflation. Um, even when inflation is not high, like it is now, it loses on average 3% a year. So when you invest it, that's the only way to not only keep up with inflation, but beat it so that your money is, is not only lo not losing, but growing money. Um, and it's just going to give you more options and choices when you do that. Um, I think a lot of people think that investing is super risky. It's like gambling. I would argue, you know, it depends what kind of investing. There's certainly risky kinds of investing right. I would not recommend. Um, but if you can get good advice, like it's actually riskier to keep your money in the bank account. Absolutely. And I want to point out that also um, when we just continue to use the same money systems that our parents or grandparents were using, we are allowing the bank to invest the money for us. So yeah. we don't need the middle person to make decisions for us because we are more than capable and more than worthy of making those decisions. So thank you that. so much for pointing that, that inflation part of why immigrants need to start investing because as of July, 2022, the inflation is at a 40 year record high, which yeah. just blows my mind. And so we need to get immigrants to start investing and so where should they start? What are the first things that they should be doing to, they overcome the fear, right? You've given us some uh, really good information, which I know a lot of them are going to research, but they, they understand now that they can legally invest without mm -hmm. any travel. So where do they start investing? Yeah, so there are multiple national um, investing 
companies that accept items um, that have low fees. So like some of the well-known ones um, I tend to recommend are Vanguard, Charles Schwab, and Fidelity. They all accept ITIN. Um, we've had lots and lots of our students work with them successfully and be able to invest, never had an issue. Um, so it's really, the hardest part is getting the account open. Once you have the account open, um, you're the same as anyone else investing, but there are some tricky immigration questions that can come up in those accounts. Um, so I would say definitely reach out to us if, you, if you're getting rejected. We tend to work with a lot of people who've been rejected for years, and then we're able to get their account open, you know, day one that they start our program. So um, yeah, it's just getting that open. And then, you know, just same advice for anyone, like get good advice and, and educate yourself, empower yourself to understand big picture how the stock market works, particularly about how it's normal for it to go up and down in the short run, but in the long term, it increases so that you know what to do and you don't freak out when the market's down. Absolutely. And speaking of being rejected when you apply, I think that Adina will be a great resource because she understands the legalities of the immigration system. And I'm pretty sure the question she's referring to had to do with that, right? So yeah. if you have um, a relative or someone or yourself that has applied and has been rejected, don't just assume that there's no way for you to right. overcome that, okay? So Adina is here to support you. And that's why I wanted to bring her to the podcast because she understands a whole new world that I don't understand that I probably don't want to understand right now. <laughs> uh, but definitely use the resources that you have um, and reach out to Adina. We're going to be adding her information on the show notes for anybody to reach out directly to her. Thank and you. you're welcome. I want to ask you, you know, I'm chismosa. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you, how are you, Adina, the mom? the wife, the entrepreneur prioritizing retirement? Uh, like how am I prioritizing retirement? Yes. Question, or like, how do I do all those things? <laughs> how, how, are, how are you, how are you investing? Cause we're, we're trying to teach immigrants to invest, uh, right? So like, yeah. are you, how are you building wealth? I mean, yeah. how much is most of I want to know that. <laughs> Hey, yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, I'm surprised more people don't ask people directly. And you've always been really good about that. You since our first conversation, you're you just go right out. I love it. Okay, so this is our strategy that we focus on. Um, so and this is you know matching observation of what most wealthy people do, which is they they have multiple different ways that they're growing their money. So usually it's a mix of investing in the stock market with tax advantage accounts where you're gonna pay the least tax as possible, um, investing in real estate and investing in a, your own business and growing that. So we're doing all those things <laughs> um, in terms of the stock market. Um, you know, we do exactly what we teach our students. So we, we max out our Roth IRAs, right? We've got um, a SEP IRA, which is a type of investment account for business owners, right? Um, We've also done brokerage account investing um, sometimes, but as things change, we prioritize different things. So like we actually 
potentially, I'd have to check the numbers. We're investing more a few years ago than we are now as our goals change. Right now, we invest a lot more in immigrant finance because it takes money to, to help people and reach people and make more money, right? Um, so we invest almost all of our profits back into the company and growing it. And then in terms of real estate, um, we, we have our second home um, we moved into this year. We sold our first home. And, you know, I've always tried to be strategic about buying something in an area that's going to go up in value and get a low interest rate and all that. Thank you for saying that I always have good questions, but those questions are also very intentional because I wanted to show our BC Mujeres that if you're a mom, if you're a wife, if you are a professional, you can have it all, right? Like you just talk about how you have multiple investment accounts, how you guys are investing in real estate and how you are using your business to help you get there faster. Yep. Which I know that I know that in your school, you guys do both, right? You do finances and you also teach people how to launch an online business, correct? Right, that's correct. So I want to open up the floor for you to just plug in the side of the business coaching that you also do. Oh, okay, sure. Um, thanks, Lucy. So yeah, our main program is Immigrant Finance School and it's a mix of um, primarily personal finance, managing money, um, investing in the stock market and then increasing income. The business coaching is more introductory. So it's more about helping our students like figure out what they want their focus to be in, their niche, their audience, what their offer could be, um, starting to get into pricing and getting their some of their first clients for students who are ready. But we have um, a second, much more advanced um, business coaching program that's called Illuminate Digital. Um, it started about a year and a half ago now. So I'm actually having the third cohort this September. Um, and that's an intensive weekly business coaching program where I teach our students everything I've learned the past five years starting an online business. So it's, it's very comprehensive. Um, and the goal is to help our students get there faster than what it took us. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And Mujeres, I just want you to see how powerful this interview is because Adina is just literally giving you the tools that you need to take action and make the decision to invest in yourselves. I know that as immigrants or moms or wives, it's so easy for us to put everybody else before us, but you have to be the one that breaks the cycle of the fear, first of all, the fear of investing, but also the, the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck. So Adina, tell us what is your definition of wealth? Mm, I like that question too. My definition of wealth would be to completely decide how I spend my time. And that's also something you hear wealthy people talk about a lot. It's like money can always be replaced, but time can't. And I know you know that really well. You're super intentional about that with your family and like your free time. Um, I love how you post about this topic a lot. But yeah, um, so yeah, really getting to decide that and and having the resources to make a massive impact. I'm very, I've always been very impact driven. I want to help a lot of people, and it, 
I've had to learn, you know, I've been working in nonprofits for 15 years. So I've learned now that I'm um, in my day job and like a manager role in a nonprofit, it takes resources to help people and make an impact. And it's the same thing with business. Um, so that took a while to understand, but yeah, I think that's what, what abundance allows you to do. It just allows you to expand who you're meant to be, what your sole purpose is, right? <laughs> I love that term too. And give you the, the, the power and the options to make it happen. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I got goosebumps when you're talking and I was like, yes. So I want you to um, tell Mujeres and anybody listening, where can people find you and how can we support you and your mission and of course the impact that you are doing through immigrant finance? That's very kind of you. Thank you so much. Um, The best way to connect with us is on Instagram at immigrant.finance. Um, I've got a podcast too called the Immigrant Finance Podcast. You can come hear Lucy's amazing episodes with us. Um, they're very, very powerful. Maybe we can like link to your episodes or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then our website, we've got a ton of free resources at immigrantfinance.com. Perfect. Well, Adina, it has been a pleasure to have you here. And I know it's not going to be the last time that you and I uh, collaborate. (laughs) So have an amazing, amazing, amazing day. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Mujer, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you find value on this episode and it will mean the world to me. If you can give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with your primas, your tias, la comadre, you can also share it on social media and tag me on Instagram. And if you know you're ready to start your well-building journey or launch an online business, go ahead and check the show notes where you will find the link to apply to work with me. Thank you so much again for listening and Hasta la próxima.